everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Can you believe it? Eight billion emojis are sent every day. Emojis. Most people think they communicate better than a text. There's nothing like that picture, you know? It's just like, boom, there it is, and it conveys something. Emojis. I was thinking over the last several weeks, what if, as we conclude our Old Testament study, what if, I thought, we did this whole, whole Old Testament using emojis? I thought, man, that would be, that would be pretty interesting. So. Some of us got together and we're like, okay, okay, let's just try it out. And sure enough, it began to fit together and flow together. So today, on this stage, we are going to go over the entire Old Testament. Now, I'm gonna talk really fast, and I'm sure I'll forget something, you know what I'm saying to you? So don't go, oh, you forgot Isaac Sacro. No, okay, you know, whatever. I, 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 just, just work with me but I want you to get the flow and the feel of the Old Testament because as I learned in seminary, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Every doctrine in the New Testament can trace its roots back to the Old Testament. We need to know the Old Testament. I read a survey recently that said nine out of 10 sermons and evangelical churches are from the New Testament. And that's great. You know, the Bible is separated, like Old Testament and New Testament. That's great though that most sermons are in the New Testament. However, we can't forget the Old Testament. The Old Testament tells us several things. You could jot these down. Number one, it gives us the seriousness of sin. I mean, sin is serious business, or as we say in Texas, business. Number two, the Old Testament tells us the holiness and the righteousness and the glory of God. Number three, it tells us that it takes a blood sacrifice of an innocent third party to atone for our sins. The Old Testament, it's R-rated. The Old Testament is for mature audiences only. It's crazy, it's wild. Yet we need to know it if we're going to understand the flow of Scripture. I truly believe those of us who are followers of Christ, I mean, this is a fat jack. Those of us who know the Lord, we can see the big picture compared to those who don't know the Lord. In other words, we can zoom out and use the wisdom of God because we have that. Now, there's a lot of people out there, they're, they're you know, intelligent, but very few have wisdom. Are you, are, are you feeling me? So, so, so we, can, we can see this. I mean, like we can look at our culture today and go, man, what are people thinking? What are these people doing? What's right is wrong and wrong is right. We see, right, the big picture. We have the wisdom of God. We're self-aware because we know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, I'm sorry, you're just not really self-aware. 
I don't know how I got into that, but I did. Let's talk about emojis, emojis, emojis. The first emoji we need to understand is the creation emoji. The Bible talks about that. God spoke things into existence. He spoke it, boom, it happened. And in the book of Genesis, we have the sovereignty of God, and also we have the free will of man. Those are two rivers that only mean in the mind of God. No one can understand what I just said. However, the Bible does say that we're made in God's image. We have a freedom of choice. God did not make us like robots. He made us as human beings, the crown of his creation. And we have an opportunity to either love God, to glorify him, or not. Well, Adam and Eve chose to rebel against God. Adam and Eve chose to do their own thing, their own way. They elevated themselves over God, and the Bible calls this attitude sin. Sin happens. <laughs> they stepped in it. And because of my sin nature, I've stepped in it. So have you, the stench of sin. And the scripture tells us that they realized they were naked. They realized they'd been exposed. And God looked for them. They tried to hide from God. Isn't that funny? We think we can hide from God. There's no such thing as a closed office door, bedroom door, or hotel door. God sees it all. Adam and Eve discovered that. They realized their exposure. So God did something. God set forth this ingenious plan, this divine rescue. He took an animal, killed it, spilled its blood on the floor of the garden, skinned it, tossed the carcass away, covered Adam and Eve's nakedness. This is also the first example we have of a woman going shopping. She said, Eve did, I got my carcass at Neiman Marcus. <laughs> the skins covered them. The blood was spilled of an innocent third party, thus foreshadowing what we're gonna talk about next week. Foreshadowing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I like to take pictures on my iPhone, and I've, I've learned how to edit. And I think I'm a pretty good editor, but I can sometimes get a little bit bold, a little bit too much. The pictures can be a little bit hot. Well, I, I like to think of the Old Testament as unedited photos, a lot of shadows and things. Next week, when we talk about the New Testament, you'll see more of the vibrance. You'll see not as much shadows, and, and you'll really see what, what, what the Old Testament is pointing to, because the Old Testament is a hymn book. It's all about him. Every single book, we find Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So God initiates the rescue. Let's now move to Abraham. Starting at guard from Ur of the Chaldees, Abraham. Abraham, the father of our faith. God said, Abraham, step out on faith. God said, Abraham, you're gonna be a father of this nation of people. I mean, Abraham was as old as dirt. He's like, what? 
And, and, and God said, your descendants will have this promised land. So he stepped out on faith. This guy was a multi-billionaire. Yet he was like, okay, I'm gonna roll the dice. I'm stepping out, God, I'm following you. Starting at the other guard, Isaac. You know Abraham and Isaac, we talked about that. Starting at center, Jacob. Jacob was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. His son, Joseph, you know, who wore the Gucci jacket, remember him? All of his brothers got jealous of him. They tossed him in a pit, sold him to Egyptian slavery. Joe moved from the pit to the prison, from the prison to the pinnacle of leadership. And through a strange set of circumstances, his entire family moved to Egypt. Joseph clocked out, but his family began to multiply and multiply and multiply. They went to the Hebrew Faith Fertility Clinic. There were so many Jews, so many people, so many Israelites, millions of them, that the Egyptians were going, whoa, they make up most of our gross national product. We'd better keep them in chains. Whoopsh, whoopsh. They were in slavery. 400 years. Now that's a long time. 400 years. Well, enter Moses. God taps him on the shoulder. Hey Mo, I want you to go up to Pharaoh in his Oval Office and go, Pharaoh, let my people go. So we did that and Pharaoh said, yo, what? No. Well, then the plagues happened and one of these plagues had to do with blood and, and, and just very quickly, you've, you've heard about the Passover before. The death angel passed over all homes that took the blood of an unblemished lamb, Jesus being the lamb of God, and applied it to the doorpost. Once that happened, Pharaoh was like, go, get out of here, go. Uh, God's people jumped on the cruise ship. Uh, have you ever been on a cruise before? If you've been on a cruise, lift your hand. I have never been on a cruise. I really don't want to go on one. I don't know why, I just don't want to be trapped like that. Other people love it, I have great friends. Oh, cruise, let's go on a cruise. Uh, I'll sit this one out. God's people, uh, led by Moses, they crossed the Red Sea. And the first stop is Mount Sinai. That's where God gives his people the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments. The laws that liberate, we say. No one can keep the 10 commandments. We don't break the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments break us. And the Ten Commandments show us that we can't keep them, that we're not perfect. God is holy, we're not. Yet again, the die is set. Even though this is a shadow, this shadow will be taken out when Jesus, our sovereign Savior, will fulfill the law 
perfectly. Die sacrificially. Rise bodily. Because when John the baptizer saw Jesus, he said, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. See this Old Testament? This stuff is heavy, man. It's awesome. So God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, gives him the schematics of the tabernacle, of course, which is a picture of your life and mine with the Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives. And, 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 and so now they're ready uh, to enter the promised land. I mean, the lawyers had papered the deal. The tract of land had been picked out and they march to the edge of this and they look out and God goes, the land is yours. And they were like, yeah. And the band was going, bop, bop, bop. But then God said, but you have to drive out the inhabitants, the Amalekites and the Pezzarites and the Termites and the Canaanites and all the other ites that we can't even pronounce. God's people didn't dig that. What, we have to fight? You mean we have to push them back, push them back, way back? Who got that cheer? Uh, everyone over 45 got that. I'm not quite 45 yet, but I did get that cheer. See, I don't always, you know, angle my messages just for the young people. I want to throw those of us over 45 a bone. That was funny. Now all the cheers are all dirty and all these terrible words. I just like push them back, push them back, way back. I used to watch Clemson play as a kid. And Clemson had a very creative cheer, and they would do this cheer throughout the game. Here it was. Go! 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 I like that. Go! Well, God's people didn't go. God's people were drinking Wineken and eating French cries. Negative. Hey, anytime you're a leader, you got a target on your back. You're a manager, you got a target on your back. You're a doctor, you got a target on your back. You stand up for Jesus, you got a target on your back. You're a pastor, you got a target on your back. You're a coach, you got a target on your back. A phrase I made up years ago, haters gonna hate. Every time. So God's people, oh man, they were, they were all over. Moses and Joshua and Caleb, they wanted to stone them. Not this, this. So because of their disobedience, God said, you know what? Because you're not gonna open up a can, you know what? 40 years in the wilderness. So this trip was supposed to take days, it ended up taking decades, and they all died out, the vision vandals. You know those vision vandals? You know those people? When you have an idea, you want to roll the dice, get out that fire extinguisher. You know those vision vandals are everywhere, you know? Well, the vision vandals died out. Now the new generation happens and it's led by Joshua and Caleb. So they, 40 years later, go to the edge and the ledge of the promised land, a whole new generation, and they take the land. Well, almost. They, they almost 
drove out the ungodly inhabitants. They, they almost did it. You're like, please, player, learn from history. Look at what happened. You're gonna repeat yourself again? It's like our crazy culture right now. We think Marxism is sexy. Marxism is responsible for over 110 million murders, yet we have these people running around in our colleges, in our schools, in our government, who say, that's the answer? Marxism and socialism? You've got to be kidding me. Again, they might have a Harvard degree. They have zero wisdom. Zero. Zero. There's no wisdom in dealing with our border situation. There's no wisdom in dealing with what's going on in Afghanistan. Zero wisdom. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. And they also, again, these people don't have wisdom. They talk about gender fluidity. Oh, I feel like a girl, so I guess I'm a girl. You know what? I feel right now like a great Dane. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a guy. I'm a great Dane. You know, I'm getting a great Dane. I just, I just bought one online. I'm serious. I love dogs. You know that. I've never had a great Dane. We've had a lot of big dogs. We've had Rottweilers. Not that you care, but I'll tell you. We've had bull mastiffs. We've had English mastiffs. We've had Connie Corsos. So we had all kinds of big dogs. I've never had a Great Dane. They're great, aren't they? Yeah, thank you. Amen. Yes, they are. That's what I've heard. I've heard they'll steal your heart. So I'm going to get one. I think I'm going to get them like at the end of October. So I just wanted to throw out that. God's people fell into something that I call the spin-sin cycle. They didn't learn from history. They didn't really have the wisdom in effect. So you have forgetting God, failing, repentance, and they're reinstated. It just goes on and on and on. So we're not any better sin-wise today than when we were back in the day. Really, the Old Testament, just to seal a basketball drill, is really this. When you play defensive basketball, you got to slide. It's just a lateral move. I mean, obviously, it's going somewhere, but it's a lateral move. Because left to our own devices, we go south. Well, the judges show up, Samson, Deborah, others, and they, you know, they do, they do a pretty good job, but God's people, they're like, you know, whatever. They give them all this great information, but information without application is an abomination. And the Bible tells us in the book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 25, 
In those days, Israel, you could say the US, had no king and everyone did as they saw fit. Truth is relative. Sounds so cool, doesn't it? Well then, and maybe parents, you've had your kids do this. I want, I want that. Well, why? They have that and I don't have that. You ever heard that before? Yeah, we all have. That's what God's people said. They saw the neighboring nations, they had kings. We want a king. God, we want a king. Give us a king. And many times God will say, you know, you want that? Okay, okay. So the first king is a guy named Saul. That's Saul, folks. Again, 45 and over. Okay, here's, here's a little line for the younger people. Next in line was King David. He had problems. He went to bed, bath, and beyond. <laughs> then we have Solomon. Solomon. I don't care how wealthy you think you are, you'll never have the wealth that Solomon had. Never. I mean, you can't even put a guy like Jerry Jones in the same sentence as Solomon. Solomon had like 40,000 horse stables, 700 concubines, wrote like 3,005 proverbs, songs. He, he built stuff like, I can't even wrap my little brain around. And at the end of his life, you know what Solomon said? After going his own way away from God, he said, is chasing after the wind. So from the kings, we have the division. Israel in the north, Judah in the south, the dirty south. Then you have the Assyrians and the Babylonians coming in, taking them into exile. When we live our own way and do our own thing, we'll end up in exile, right? Well, after 70 years or so, they returned to J-Town, Jerusalem, rebuilt the temple. A man named Nehemiah rebuilt the wall, and you would think, okay, they got it together now. They jumped out of the spin cycle of sin. I mean, they have it going on. But no, no, they went right back to it. It's kind of depressing, kind of messy. No wonder nine out of 10 churches always talk about the New Testament. the last book, the Bible, is my man Malachi. You know what Malachi said? I mean, Malachi summed it up. He goes, you know your problem? Your problem is, and he's talking to God's people, you're robbing God. I mean, they were, they were giving like these mangy, tick-infested sheep as sacrifices, they were like dying on the altar. Yeah. <laughs> Giving this tip money to God, just kind of leftovers. Malachi goes, you're robbing God. And you know what he said? He said, you're under a curse. Your finances are under a curse because you're robbing God. The whole lot of you, you're under a curse. 
Now, a long time ago, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna tithe because I'm not that smart, but I do have the wisdom of God. Either God's gonna bless my life or he's gonna curse my life based on one of the markers is whether I bring, I don't give, you're not giving anything, my friend, because God owns it all. If you think you own it all, when I do your funeral, you'll be in the box and everything goes back in the box, you know, when you pass away. I mean, yeah, you'll have the attorneys fight over the money and maybe the kids or whatever, but you can't take it with you. So God says, because he, he, he knew and knows how much money matters to all of us. He said, if you really love me, show me the money. Show me the money. And God's people weren't doing that. Here's what's so interesting. The book of Genesis starts with a curse because of the sin nature. And now Malachi ends with a curse. Ouch. Ouch. Malachi tells us God is the God of the first. That's why we go to church on Sunday, the first day of the week. That's why we give our first to the house, the first. That's why I encourage you to put your first offensive energy into reading the Bible and praying every single morning. You give God the first, he blesses the rest. That's the math of God. Going back to editing, you know, when I, when I edit pictures, and we'll talk about the edited pictures next week, right? After I'm, you know, finished with all of my little tweaks, there's that little done button, and I'll go, bing, done, done. The Old Testament, unedited pictures. The New Testament, Jesus lived fulfilling the law, 100% righteous, died on the cross for our sins. He rose again while he was on the cross. He said, it is finished, done, done, done. Have you received the finished work of our Savior? Because that is the greatest thing you'll ever do. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for this, for this time that we could gather together and go through your holy word. I pray now, if there's someone here and you've never ever asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, just, just, just say that right now. Just say, Jesus Christ, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and I believe you rose again. And I give you all that I am and all that I'll ever become. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.